Welcome to It's a Slate of Mind with Allison Hazelden. This is the entertainment industry's video podcast, where we spark honest, unfiltered conversations within the community about things we're all thinking about, but don't talk about enough. I invite you to join my circle of friends, both new and old, as we tackle the industry together. Hey, you guys. It's Allison here, your host. I am so excited that you're here joining us today. Um, Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Thank you for engaging with us on social media, for leaving reviews, and for sharing with your friends. I am feeling so grateful for this community, especially right now uh, during the corona pandemic and all of the craziness and uncertainty and um, hard times that it is causing for every single one of us. Now more than ever, I am truly so grateful for each and every one of you for tuning in and doing your part to make our artist and creator community so vibrant and so filled with love, even in these really difficult times. And um, on that note, if you aren't part of our community on social media, feel free to join us over on Instagram at It's Slate of Mind, or you can find me on Facebook uh, for my Facebook page, Allison Hazelden. I would love to connect with you and support you and cheer you on, um, whether you're listening to this episode today as it's being released or down the road. Um, we have a great community over there, and I want to support you. So feel free to follow along and comment, DM me, get involved. Um, I really do this for the community and for creating those personal connections. And yeah, I'd love to have you. So our guest this week is someone who I am very clearly biased towards. Uh, It is, in fact, my partner, Michael Rube. Michael was on the show in season one, and he was in the episode called How to Not Be a Dick at Networking Events. It's a great episode. Definitely go check it out. But today, uh, he came on because he really wanted to share about something um, pretty personal, and that is his journey with ADD and ADHD and how that comes into play for him as a working actor in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, You might know someone with one or both of these conditions, or maybe you have them yourself, but it can definitely be a challenge to navigate and stay on top of certain aspects of an acting career when you have ADD and ADHD. And Michael was such a gem and so open and honest about his struggles and his triumphs and some of the tips and tricks that he's learned that have helped him really stay on top of his game as an actor to the point where ADD and ADHD aren't this big depressing thing hanging over him. And I really admire him being vulnerable and sharing his journey. Um, And I share a little bit as well about what it's like to be the partner of someone with pretty intense ADD and ADHD and some of the things that we do as a couple as well to help support Michael um, and creating systems that are going to really benefit him and allow him to do his very best as an actor. So I'm really excited uh, to share with you guys. This is definitely a little peek inside our daily lives. And I hope that it is useful to you, either relatable if you have ADD or ADHD, if you love someone with ADD or ADHD, or if you just want to learn how to work better with your fellow actors. So here we go. All right. So Michael, 
Hi. I'm so glad to have you back <laughs> on the show. I'm you so are, glad to be here. You are the only person who's ever had two episodes on It's a Slate of Mine. Who? I know. Who? High praise. High, high praise. praise. The like, most high wow. praise. Wow. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> this is... Okay, no. Um, for those of you who don't know, Michael is my partner, so... I'm with him 24-7, and we live together, so it kind of makes sense that he would be the only person to have more than one episode on the show, but um, I feel like this is a subject that is really, one, important, something that more people than I think uh, some of us might realize actually deal with things like this, and I think it is, you know, really interesting. Um, For me, I know I've been really interested since we've met and started dating that I've just been really interested in learning more about it because I think when you don't know someone so closely who has ADD or ADHD or both, you don't really understand what that means on a day-to-day level, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so I think it's an interesting subject. I think it's an important subject and I think it will resonate with a lot of people out there who might have the same thing going on or something similar. Um, or if they just want to learn how to be more supportive of their friends and potential castmates and coworkers mm-hmm. <laughs> on set. Um, so yeah. So, you know, if, if you want Michael's whole backstory on how he was an actor, you can go back and listen to his first episode on the show, which is in season one. And that one was called how to not be a dick at networking events. Boom. It was a good one, right? I liked it. <laughs> I think it's just true. Just don't be a dick. Just not only in networking events, but in life. Like, yeah, seriously. But in life. So, like, it kind of applies <laughs> to this one, too. Um, anyway, in that episode, Michael shares about his background uh, and his journey with acting. But today, um, we are going to talk about his journey with acting, but in a really specific way regarding uh, ADD and ADHD. So, Michael, if you want to start off by sharing with everyone a little bit about growing up, um, getting diagnosed with ADD and ADHD and kind of how that's impacted your life just in a general way. So people can kind of have a sense of what that actually looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I wasn't diagnosed until I was around like 10, which is like pretty early for most people. Um, and when I kind of, kind of figured out like, you know, why I wasn't doing, I was doing really well in school, but it it took me twice as long to do, to do anything comparatively to my little brothers. I mean, middle, my little brothers are geniuses, but they, it took me twice as long to do anything when it came to work, when it came to really anything I really had to sit down and do. Like, like in school. In school, when it, primarily when it came to school. Yeah. Um, and you know, my parents kind of were a little nervous and they didn't know what was happening and I was getting good grades, but it would take me so long. It'd take mm-hmm. me twice as long to study. It would take me t- twice as long and to write an essay. You had dyslexia at first, right? Right. Um, my grandfather thought I had dyslexia, um, which is pretty common when you mm-hmm. have ADD and ADHD. That's actually like something that's Apparently, paired yeah. pretty well. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like a double whammy. Um, but when I finally was diagnosed, it was kind of like, <sighs> okay, like there's something out there for me. There's something that is diagnosed. People have done this before. Like, okay, like how can I understand this and kind of fix it and kind of not really fix it, but understand it and and be successful. And my mom and dad were very 
were, you know, they worked really, really hard with me. And I, and I went to therapy for like a while just to, you know, be able to talk to someone. Um, and really the medication is something that absolutely helped. I, I you know, I don't want to get into specifics, but you know, it took me years to kind of figure out that perfect medication, that perfect regimen for, for me. Yeah. Um, and for a while, like I almost felt embarrassed that I had ADD and ADHD. Like I, I have both. So it, it's funny. Like I have like, a, do you want to explain um, what's the difference between the two? Yeah. So attention deficit disorder and then attention deficit hyper deficit. So it's, it's, it just, it just basically means that, you know, you see, you sometimes see these people that like can't stop moving and that's mm -hmm. the ADHD side of things. Right. When it comes to the ADD side of things, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard for them to pay attention. It's hard. Like for me, you know, it, math made a lot of sense and I could be able to do math pretty decently, but it would just take me a lot longer. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always, you know, a lot of teachers that didn't understand how to properly, um, work with kids who had ADD, they'd say, stop moving your leg, stop moving around. And for me, I learned that I actually do really well when I'm moving around, kind mm -hmm. of shaking my leg. It makes my body move so that my mind can kind of be a lot more clear. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, it's so funny, you know, my mom is such a control freak. I love her. She's great. But, you know, as a kid, she, she'd be like, Michael, you need to pay attention to me. And I would always be paying attention, but I'd be doing a thousand things at the same time. And being able to kind of understand that on my end made it a lot more easy in, in doing, you know, uh, either school stuff or things after, after curriculum, you know, uh, after, uh, after school. school. Um, so it was, it was really, it was really hard though, until I kind of figured out, the whole medication side of things. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm, I'm a very big advocate of, you know, finding what works for each person. So what worked for me is, you know, going to therapy and talking to my parents and do, being on a certain amount of medication. Um, now I'm outside of school. I don't use, I'm not on medication. Mm -hmm. um, I only really use it when I absolutely need to, right. but when I really need to sit down and focus. And so I, I, I'm in sales. So but I you work had in, used it for, from middle, like 10, oh yeah. 10, 11 to college. To college. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing was, is when I was on it, I just, it, re it really was effective. It was extremely effective at what it was doing. So for any tests, for any quizzes, for being in class and kind of following a regimented schedule, um, it was great because I could actually sit down, focus on the material and say, okay, I understand. I can write it down um, and kind of really, really focus. Um, but there's side effects. You know, I wouldn't eat during lunch, you know, after the medicine had worn off, um, I'd get extremely hungry and I'd be low energy. It, it, it would just drain mm -hmm. a lot from you. Um, you know, uh, I mean, if you, if you know me, you know that I'm extremely <laughs> high energy. Like it, when I, when you find out that I have ADD, it just like, Oh, of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people who maybe don't know someone really well and personally, with ADD or ADHD or both don't really know what that looks like on the day to day for you beyond, um, you know, I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, they're really hyper and they can't focus. 
So yeah. what, what are some, just so that people can understand kind of more of what that looks like in terms of some of the symptoms and things that are going on? Well, so usually when you have ADD or ADHD, um, you, you, your attention is split. I, like I hear everything. Like I, I can't pay attention to it all, but I hear it. You know, very a lot of people can kind of focus on one thing, and if they're looking at one thing, that's what they're focused on. Right. With me, I can see you, but I can also hear the guy that's ten feet away, and he's talking about his mother and whatever. <laughs> I don't. I, and then and you can't tell your brain to shut. That and out. I can't tell my brain to shut that out. Okay. From what it's been explained to me is that normal people they can kind of look at someone, focus on them, and that's kind of what they're focusing on. With me. It's kind of like I'm hearing everything and, you know, it's pulling, you. it's pulling me in different ways and different, you know, areas. And it takes, it takes me a lot longer to kind of just say, okay, I'm going to focus on just you. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot of pros because when you're with a lot of people that you're engaging in, you can kind of pick pick off each one and you can kind of talk to a lot of people. And, it you know, makes you a very good social butterfly. Makes you a very good social butterfly um, under the right circumstances. But there's a lot of people. But th- this is somebody, this is me who's been. You have that personality. Anyway. Not only do I have that personality, but I've. I've been surrounded by people who have been supporting me my entire life. Right. I've been surrounded by people who have uh, been able to pay for therapy, have been able to pay for medication, have been able to kind of regiment my life around success. There's a lot of people that, one, haven't been properly diagnosed, two, that haven't had the resources to kind of um, you know, fix their lives in a way to make them successful. And I'm, I've been really lucky and blessed to kind of be able to do that. But there's a lot of people that might have those skills, but they get overwhelmed. Mm. And a lot of people with ADD and ADHD that don't get properly diagnosed and don't get properly treated, they end up getting depressed. They think that, you know, they're not good enough. They think about, you know, they think they're, they're, they're not good enough. And it's, it like breaks my heart because, you know, everyone's different and, you know, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to, to, to uh, tell someone, "Hey, you're not paying attention to me." Right. And then you're trying everything you can to pay attention, but it's it's difficult. Right. You know, right. it's not. Yeah. Um, so what? I okay, so let's really quick go through some of the like. The, the <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. I know, I know. No, that was that was wonderful. That was so such good insight. I just want to go before we dive into more like acting specific questions. So you have that issue where you know focusing and paying attention to one thing is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people with one or both of these. Um, conditions also, like you said, are kind of jittery, you know, are maybe moving their hands a lot. That's why we have fidget spinners. Yeah. Um, They're maybe tapping their foot Mm -hmm. or, you know, like drumming a pencil on the table, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Stuff I do all the time. Yeah. um, One of the things Michael in particular does is if there's like a TV on in a restaurant or in someone's house or something, TV or any kind of screen, it's really hard for him, kind of similar to what he just said about like different conversations, but screens kind of suck him in a little bit more than most people. Uh, well, it's not just a little bit, it's bad. I, I think that's a little bit about um, my childhood as well. When I was a kid, um, you know, my parents said, um, I fell asleep in class 
once. <laughs> it was once. It was in third grade. Uh, Miss Riskin's class. Oh. I remember her. I love her so much. But I, it was a math class and I fell asleep. It was dark, whatever. And my parents said, no screens. Wait, why was it dark in your math? We class? were, you know, you know, you know when they would like do like projections on the screen with those old projectors, oh, yeah, and okay, okay. I, it was dark, and in I was just school. and yeah, in elementary school, and I I fell asleep, and my mom was my mom gets a call from the teacher said that I fell asleep in class, and then from that day forward, I had no screens for during the weekday screens had any from you know b- back then you know game boys are really big which i freaking loved game boys and you know anything on tv anything no computers no nothing uh until i left <laughs> until i left off to college i mean it yeah. was that and you know my mom oh, bless her heart <laughs> i love her but we love we uh, love michael's mom yeah she's the best but geez um so I don't know how I got into that. I don't know how. Uh, We were talking about different um, symptoms and things that you have to work through with ADD and ADHD. And one of those was screens. Oh, yeah. So one of those was screens. Mm -hmm. So uh, Here's a case in point right there, guys. Yeah, case in (laughs) point. That was a live example. We did not plan that. Yeah, that that was. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Did not plan that. Did not plan that at all. Yeah, so. Um, so screens. So screens. So yeah, it, it's just it's the colors and the sound, and it 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 just really pulls me in. I mean, yeah. my roommates in college will tell will t- will tell anyone that can hear <laughs> them that whenever they'd be talking to me for five ten minutes and I wouldn't hear anything, they'd have to throw something at me, <laughs> and they have to literally yell at me, and I'd be like, "Why? Why are you yelling at me?" Yeah. And they're like. Michael, we've been trying to get your attention for the past five minutes. Most of the time, I'll just like literally put my face in front of his or like lean over. So like my face is blocking his, his view of the screen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like that. So it's funny because there that's a very common thing with ADD and, and ADHD is that um, people who have that also have the complete opposite spectrum where they hyper focus. Right, right. And they lock into that thing. I mean, I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I was really self-conscious of that. I had ADD. So my mom was really nice and she like got me a book of like all these great people who have ADD and, and I, they escape the, the names escape me right now, but there's a whole bunch of like amazing people who had yeah. ADD. And one of the stories were, was that, uh, this guy was, was, was so fixated. He was a writer and he was writing for a newspaper and he was typing so much on his newspaper. His house was burning down and he was so hyper-focused on writing his paper. The, the, the fireman had to drag him out of the, of his house. So obviously that's a very extreme, um, um, scenario, but it's, it's something that absolutely happens where it's something that you lock on and then there's nothing else in the world for that person. And, and for, for me, it just happens to be any screen, any, <laughs> anything on TV or movie. I mean, I'm yeah, like that. You're in it. Um, which I wonder how that plays into you now being an actor. But anyway, um, is there any other uh, things in that, in those categories that you might want to address before we move into things? So people have an idea of all the um, factors at play. Oh, there's there, there's a lot. I mean, there. I feel like I hit on the big ones. The big ones. Um, there, there's there's so much, and you know, there's a lot of people that say like uh, like you know, oh, I I have ADD too, and they haven't been diagnosed. And there's a lot of people who have been diagnosed that really 
really, um, really need the medication and need mm. the help. And, you know, ADD, ADHD have kind of been one of those things that it's so popular now that people don't realize how actually important it is to get help and get medication right. if you really need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Like, that's something that I kind of had to overcome too. Like it's now it's just a part of me. It's who I am. It's why I love myself, you know, like they're, you know, it's, it's the strongest part of me and it's also sometimes the weakest. So mm-hmm. my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness. Um, but, you know, just in, in a general sense, like don't be afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. at all. Like if you need, if you feel like you, you need some help, if you just reach out and that just goes beyond ADD and ADHD, that goes with anything, any, you know, anything that you really feel you, you need either psychiatric evaluation, if you need medication, whatever it is, like reach out to somebody. It's so important. Yeah. And it's really easy to spiral down because I know I've had my bad times, especially, especially when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Now I've, now I'm a lot better, <laughs> but you know, it's tough when you're a kid and you're, and you're going through all these changes and then people are telling you, why aren't you paying attention when you're giving it your all. Right. And just and, simply because they don't understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I know I've told you this before, but I mean, I think some people, you were kind of surprised when I just, I did not care at all when I heard that you had pretty intense ADD and ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> like no. at all. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And, <laughs> well, I, and you know, I feel like you also have had a lot of experience with, with, uh, with kids with disabilities, mm-hmm. kids who kind with of ADD a, and ADHD, yeah, 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 and and um and beyond, mm-hmm. and I think that that's why we kind of work really well together, kind, kind yeah. of, yeah, because you have that patience about you, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, you really need. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, but I mean, I think, and this is going to be our segue into you know specifically navigating an acting career with yeah. this stuff is you know I think of it as honestly I it's can be used as as a strength in, mm-hmm. in your acting career because the way the way I view it and this is me and I don't have either of these things going on so I've never personally experienced any of it but from what I've observed living with my for two years and um, having other friends with ADD or ADHD um, you know I think of it as a lens or like a filter that you are viewing the world or certain situations just it's just another learning style in my opinion so it's like you know i don't think of it as okay like they're doing all these things wrong or they're doing all these things poorly it's just their brain processes things in this way versus how you know maybe the general population is doing it just in the same way where you know i really like to learn i'm i'm a good visual learner but i'm also good at reading to learn mm-hmm. and other people might not be it's just, you know, in my brain, that's kind of how I see it. And we all have different things that we are strong and weak at. And you, you know, can design your world to fit your needs. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to just like always fit the mold, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, in terms of schooling and those kinds of things, we are slowly but surely getting yeah. into a better sphere there. But it's, there's, you know, there's more box you have to check. But once you're out of school, and especially if you're in an artistic career like acting, um, there are a lot of ways that we can kind of adjust our processes 
to really serve your learning style and your lens through which you're operating in. Yeah. So that it's not frustrating. Um, so when it comes to acting, let's start with, you know, what are some challenges that you faced that, you know, you had to overcome when it comes to acting that you think are directly related to ADD, ADHD? Professionalism mm. um, is a big one. Uh, you know, so I'm an extroverted extrovert. Mm -hmm. A lot of, and you know, uh, a lot of people with ADD are extroverted as well. It kind of fits the mold, but there's also a lot of people that aren't extroverted and they're introverted and this might not be an issue for them. Um, they might have other issues, but what I've kind of had to kind of realize is that there, with this, with this life that we're choosing acting and kind of networking and kind of being into this career path is that yes, you can be talkative and yes, you can be friendly mm -hmm. and yes, you can be all that, but you, there, there's a time and a place for it. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you're selling yourself and you're kind of making sure that everyone understands your energy and it's positive and ho hopefully it's positive. <laughs> like, you know, this great Atlanta place that we are, everyone's very positive, but you need to understand that there's a time and a place for it. Um, not there, you, you can't always have it where you're on a, on a 10. And, right. and if you know me even just a little bit, you know that I'm always <laughs> on an 11. And I think my biggest thing was understanding when to kind of tone it back mm. if I can't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So being able to kind of say, okay, like this is the time where I'm going to do my best to listen. And this is the time where I can talk a little bit. And making sure, especially when you're talking to a director, a producer, a casting director in the room before you're going to get in in the room with the, those types of people, you know, making sure you're not talking anyone's ear off, making sure you're kind of focused, that you're ready, you're mentally prepared. Um, you know, luckily, I've never had any any bad experiences. No one's kind of scalded me <laughs> or yeah. anything like that. But I'm slowly realizing that understanding when to kind of be myself and kind of be my extroverted personality uh -huh. and then being understanding when to tone it down and kind of just listen. Yeah. Cause a big part of it is just listening and understanding what that, that other person is saying, whether it's your scene partner, whether it's the director, producer, whoever, whoever important that's <laughs> funding this project. Um, so I think that understanding when to tone it back Mm-hmm. Tone it back is a is a poor choice. Knowing when to listen, right? Because for me, I love to talk, and something that I'm also working on is it is a time to listen mm. and just focus on that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely say that one. Um, I think another thing I've noticed you improve on immensely is um, preparing auditions and yeah. working with scripts and, and and that kind of stuff. Do you want to talk about on that? Yeah, so. So something that you're very good at is do, making lists <laughs> and something that I hate is making lists, mm -hmm. but I'm understanding that it really is helpful, especially someone, especially someone who has ADD, ADHD. Um, you are able to kind of look at everything that you need to do. It's so easy for um, your ideas or thoughts or schedule to kind of slip through the cracks and it, it becomes double the probability of that happening when you have this condition um, and being able to kind of just write everything down 
and just say, oh, I have to do that. Okay, let me write this mm-hmm. down. Okay, I have to do that. Let me write this down. When you're going, when you're doing a self-tape and everything, you know, be trying to be prepared, just taking a couple minutes for you to get in, in, a, in a private place and just quiet. Quiet, yeah. No distractions. And maybe if you want, like, music, because I know that that makes me focus really well. A little bit of music is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But get away from distractions. Go in your room or go into a quiet place. Breathe a little bit because <laughs> life's crazy. Yeah. And if you can just breathe and relax, go into a room, listen to your music, look over the script a little bit and just funnel through that, memorize it. And be able to just write everything down that you need. Mm, okay. That will help a lot. Yeah. I know you've mentioned a few times that the breath part of it really helps slow your brain down. Yeah. In those moments. And if, and you know, if you need a fidget, if you need to move, <laughs> if you need to get your body moving and going, do it. Yeah. Like don't, you know, don't. Don't try to suppress yourself. Yeah, don't try and suppress yourself. It's it it really is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like you need to shake your leg and and shake your shake your leg. If you need to go out and just walk around, I do that all the time where I'm talking on the phone and I'm ta- and I'm walking all around. Yeah. And you know, if you need to do <laughs> that fun fact, I've started to give him chores to do while he's on the phone and yeah. just walking. Cause usually he just paces everywhere. I'm like, how about you pace over here while you're vacuuming? Honestly, <laughs> and it's and it's very helpful. But don't suppress your need to move. Mm. Breathe. Write things down. The, these little things will help you in the long mm. run. And if you need medication, please go get it. Yeah. Like for me, like I I do not like myself on the medication. I don't like it at all. I, I lose my personality completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets the job done. Mm. Um, and it, there is a time and a place for it, for sure. But with acting, with my job being sales, since my personality is everything to those um, industries, yeah. yeah, those two <laughs> jobs, um, I can't afford to lose that. So I'm currently not on it. Right. And, it, and I'm Well, doing- and beyond that, I mean, beyond just like how it would affect you at your jobs, you just don't prefer how you feel. Right. And, 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 and that's a very personal choice about right. your your comfort and your right. well-being. And it was really hard for me to talk about this stuff for a while. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. I mean, you're you're basically telling everyone that you have, kind of have a condition mm. and it's not fun. <laughs> but mm. I, I I really feel like it's very important to just have a conversation about it. It's not a big deal, <laughs> you know? Like everyone has something. And, um, going back to acting and just the whole ADD thing, um, I think that talking to people, talking to professionals will help yeah. in any, in any way, shape or form. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, no matter what it is, whether you do have a condition like ADD, ADHD, or any other situation that's going on that's creating some tension within you or some concern or some fear. Um, and I'm not even talking about the condition itself. I'm talking about how that makes you feel. Right. Cause like you've mentioned, even when you were diagnosed, 
you know, that tension that was created within you because of what you thought other people were thinking about you or how people were treating you Mm -hmm. and things like that, that can create a lot of personal tension, a lot of concern, a lot of conflict within you that can then become a whole different issue that is challenging your ability to be open and vulnerable and perform in the way that you want to perform. So I would say, you know, if it's not compelling enough to go and speak with someone about your condition, whatever that may be, um, do it for that other little part that's inevitably going to come if you keep pushing it away, mm-hmm. you know, because even if it's not the condition that's really causing you the issues to your acting and, and your career and your well-being, then it's that other part, the shame, the guilt, the fears surrounding your condition, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You're just really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say, okay, one more thing, which is like not about, um, acting per se, but about a very big part of our careers as actors is Mm -hmm. the administrative side of acting. And that's something I know that we have been working on together really hard in the past year, year and a half. Um, tell me a bit about some of the challenges that you face on that side of things, uh, and some of your solutions that, that we've come up with. Well, administrative side as in... As in all of the other stuff in terms of the business, like like dealing with your team, your your representation, your agents, um, you know, making sure that, you know, when we get an audition, we have a lot to read, a lot of details to mm-hmm. keep track of, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, all of those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, the first thing I do whenever I get a script, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care what I'm doing. Uh, I stop what I'm doing and I just look at the script. I mm-hmm. give it a solid one over. I just, and the whole email, all, the I, all, all of it. I look at all the details. I look at all the details and just look at the script. Look how many pages is it? If I can do it that night, we'll do it that night. If not, we'll do it the next day. And if, especially if it's a meteor scene, I might need some time, but the reason I had that is because sometimes <laughs> it would just slip through the cracks. Yeah. Things, things happen. And, and especially when you have it, there's too many things going on. And then you forget that your agent sent you an uh, a, a audition and now it's due in two hours and you can't get back home and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, having it read already in your mind helps right. getting that, getting that there. Having a schedule mm-hmm. helps. Having a partner who has a schedule <laughs> helps. So my advice is just to find someone who does everything for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So, no, 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 so but for, I'm joking. For like, so for a comparison for everyone listening who maybe hasn't experienced this or who doesn't have ADD or ADHD. So for us, um, for many of us, I won't say, I won't make a generalization. For many of us, you know, if you are in the middle of something else, you see an email comes through, you make a note in your head and you say, oh, so-and-so just emailed me with a new audition. Great. And even if, you know, say you're in the middle of something else where you can't stop and do that right there, we kind of pin it in a certain part of our brain and we hold on to it and it doesn't go away until we have that next free moment where then we can revisit that thought. Oh yes, that's right. You know, 30 minutes, two hours ago, I got an email from my agent. I need to go check that out. Mm. That doesn't always happen for people with ADD, ADHD. It never happens. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to make a generalization. No, I will make that generalization yeah. for you. So it, 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 
It's right. a lot harder. So when we just, I, I, re, I vividly remember the day that we kind of decided and made this rule for you because it had been a while where, you know, we just hadn't really, our thing is that we just address it. If we've noticed something keeps happening and, and it, it was kind of what Michael just described where, you know, he would see the email, didn't have a chance to read it all the way through, forgot he got the email. And then we'd be in a tight time crunch. And that happened enough times where we were like, you know what? this is not how we want to do this. So what's the solution that makes sense for this to help right. fix this problem? That's a simple solution. Very you know? simple solution. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I try to just as an actor in general, I think it's good that you, you know, give those emails a read as soon as possible and right. be very thorough and read all the details. Obviously everyone should be doing that, but, but we mean like, as immediately as possible. Yeah. The rule for, for Michael now is that he has decided that no matter what's going on, <laughs> he's going to read that email at his earliest convenience. And when we mean earliest convenience, we mean it. We don't mean, Oh yeah. Whenever I feel like getting around to it, it's like right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it gives you more context to work with. It's like, okay, I'm like, I, I did it when I was at work and I, and I'm, I auditioned for the douchey guy mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, it's the douchey guy. It's one page. I know that it's a couple lines. I know what I'm saying. I know what, what it's for. So now I have a lot more context to work right. with. It's not just, Oh, an email that my agent sent me, which is always important and you should always be the forefront of your mind. But now I have a lot more context. Now I'm like, okay, yeah. it's your brain has more it's to the work douchey with. guy. It's yes. due in two days at noon. Right. So there's more context for me to work with. And that kind of makes it more, um, it sticks memorable. Yeah. yeah. Makes it more memorable mm, for sure. I think that's a really good tip. Yeah. Um, so the more details that you have, the easier it is to remember. Um, and then scheduling, like you said, was the other thing, which, you know, I'd say we have good days and bad days. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I think one of the best things that we bought was that little calendar mm-hmm. on our, on our fridge. And it just literally writes out everything that we kind of have that month. Um, I, I think that, I think these are ba- very basic things as well that right. most people say. I think that if But you, I think it's, it's a, it's about actually implementing them. Right. Yeah. And, and it there, makes a difference. It really does. And, it, and the thing that I want to say as well is there's just, cause it works for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else, but don't be afraid to, to kind of figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, try stuff. If you mess up, it's fine. Just work on it and try new things. And, you know, maybe maybe what I'm saying works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Try it. And if it does, great. If not, move on and try and find the best thing because, you know, you don't want to, you know, okay, my dad always says a, always says this, don't miss an opportunity to make an opportunity. Mm. And, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the Atlanta market, especially. And, you know, you have all of these awesome opportunities and you don't want one really great one to kind of slip through the cracks because of, of something really silly that could have been, that could have been fixed. And, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and I think on, you know, going along those same lines, don't be afraid to get creative. Don't be afraid to think outside the box outside of the just norm. don't be afraid yeah just don't be afraid because that's the thing is like when we're coming up with little day-to-day hacks and ways to 
work with the processing that's going on with Michael, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, this is like so weird. Like, I don't really want to do this. Like, this is like, why are we doing it this way? Like, I would never have done it this way. I'm not thinking any of those things. I'm thinking, okay, let's get creative. Like, I make it a game. Mm -hmm. Like, we're like, okay, how can we make this um, interesting and fun and a way that's really going to make a difference? Because at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want the tools that are going to make the difference for you, going to make your life easier so that you can accomplish those goals and things that you care about. Boom. And who really, pardon my French, who really fucking cares how you get there? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Who cares? As long as you're doing it in a way that's safe and that's healthy um, and it works for you, then more power to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> fuck them. They suck. Wow. You have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of all the feelings. <laughs> so how about let's let's tap into those feelings. And do you have any last words of advice for maybe some kids or parents of kids with, with ADHD? Sorry, guys, that we just <laughs> I was going to say, that was, that was a lot of cursing. I mean, they know it's, there's a little like explicit symbol or, or. I'm just saying that side of the spectrum or um, for people who maybe are a little bit older and, and have only recently been diagnosed, um, what are some last words of advice that you give to them, uh, especially as they're pursuing acting? Oh, I know. Um, my final thoughts are like, listen, I was tested and I literally tested off the charts for impulsivity. Like there was no number to, <laughs> that they registered. And it was, that was a scary thing to kind of realize. But because I found out, because I knew it's something that I could understand. So, you know, just because you have this thing or, or it doesn't mean that it controls you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's fine. You can figure it out. Get the help you need. If you're a kid, don't be scared. If I can do it, I promise <laughs> you you can do it. And if you're an adult or someone even older who's a senior citizen and just getting diagnosed with ADD, you're gonna be just fine. And it's it's a tough road. It is, especially if if you're in a if you're in a job or in a position where you kind of need to sit down and you need to just hammer out these numbers or hammer out this whatever it is, and you've been struggling getting the medication you need, getting the help you need really, really, really helps. And don't think you're better than it because you're not. Mm -hmm. It's okay to ask for help. I feel like that's a theme of my life right now. It's okay to ask for help. I ask for help all the time. That mm -hmm. doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you stupid. That doesn't make you anything than just a smart person and someone who wants to better themselves. Yeah. And I really, really hope that more people just reach out to either their loved ones or professionals or anyone that really cares about them and said, Hey, I need some help. Some and support, yeah. yeah. Support is so, 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 so important. And it, and this thing, if undiagnosed, if unmedicated can really lead to depression can really lead to bad situations. And, um, I I consider myself really lucky. Um, small things make big differences in the long run. So this little things, just writing things down, you remembered something. Okay. Write it on your phone, right? Put it, write it down. You know, I found out that writing for me is a little bit better. It sticks in my head a little bit more. Um, so little things go a long way mm -hmm. and it's daunting at first, especially if you're first getting diagnosed, but little steps 
I feel like I'm saying this for the third time, make a big <laughs> difference. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. Good. Also, I just, the person that's listening, you, yeah, you. I fucking love you. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes, yes. More love and more support all around. More love, yo. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't it was that was an impulsive thing. Though. It's okay. We're just giving yeah. you more on on air examples. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but wow, okay. That was amazing. Michael, thank you for sharing. No problem. I think so many people are going to learn a lot and feel really I hope encouraged. So. Or just be entertained. Or just be entertained. Honestly, I'm fine with just... <laughs> I, I think we're going to have probably an array of all of the above. Actually, we'll ask you guys if you're listening. Yeah. If you're listening to this episode, please go comment on Instagram. Yeah, hit me up. At It's a Slate of Mind um, on our episode um, post for this episode. And let me know if you were entertained, educated, Boom. or encouraged by this. Or enthralled. By, or, in, or enthralled, yeah. yeah. Just, just It needs to be a, just like a one-word comment. Just yeah. leave it there. Um, and Michael, how can people connect with you, you on can. social media or any projects coming up? You can find me on the Facebooks. That's a thing. The Instagrams, the Michael Rube. Now it should be the Michael ADH Rube. <laughs> <laughs> but the Michael Rube. Um, and, oh, you have an episode of a secret thing we can't really talk about. Secret thing we can't really talk about, but I think it's going to be coming out later this year. You'll yes, it should be this year. Yeah, it'll be a. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm playing such a great guy. It's my first real thing, and I'm very excited about it. Um, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So follow him on Instagram in the meantime, Boom. and um, then you'll get all the details of when you can see him on your uh, screens as well. Skibbity bop bop boop. And maybe you'll get distracted by the screens with Michael on it. Yeah, you that will. would be a weird inception moment. Oh my <laughs> God. All right, guys, that is all we have for today. And I want to say thank you again so much for tuning in. If you have a friend who you think would benefit from this episode, could you share it with them? That is one of the best ways that I think we can show love to our artist community is by sharing resources with each other. Be bold, be brave, just shoot them a link, shoot them a text, um, let them know that you're thinking about them and that you love them and that you have something that you think that they might enjoy. That is the biggest thank you, the biggest um, vote of confidence in the show that I could ever ask for. So definitely do that. Connect with us again on social media at It's a Slate of Mind or Allison Hazelden on Facebook. And I just want you guys to know things are crazy. Things are weird right now. I am cheering you on from my social distance self-quarantine home here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, if you feel like giving up, please don't. Know that your unique light, your gifts, your presence – are all so important and so valuable to the world. You have something wonderful to offer. And whether you are laying low and taking it easy during this strange time or you are hustling and producing a ton of creative content, no one option is right or wrong. I hope that you're taking care of yourselves, that you're listening to your intuition, listening to what your body, your mind, and your heart needs. And know that when this is all over, the world's going to need us more than ever. The world is going to need, need creatives and artists and all of the wonderful gifts that we have to offer. So don't give up. Keep going. 
Hang in there. Know that I am rooting for you. And until next week, I'm your host, Allison Hazelton. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode of It's a Slate of Mind. I'm Allison Hazelden, and thank you for joining us. See you next time.